that they do not succeed in what they're trying to do here. Well, you as a senator have to take a stand, and your colleagues have to take a stand. The American people don't want to see a bunch of speeches about how troublesome this is and how historically significant this is. No. There has to be something else that you guys do. I don't know what that is. It's got to be some sort of show, some sort of resistance, some sort of action, because there has to be a line that they can't cross. And you have to show them somehow that this is just an unacceptable act. And you're a leader in this country, and the American voters expect that. Are you guys ready to show something? I think that this is, you talk about the line that you can't cross. In my view, Jesse, they crossed it months ago when they weaponized the FBI against parents, when they weaponized the FBI against everyday Americans who want to exercise their right to free speech, and now they're just accelerating it. They're just pouring it on. So, yes, it is time that we said no further. We've got to call Merrick Garland from the Justice Department down to the Capitol. We've got to call him onto the carpet, put him under oath, find out what they're doing. Has DOJ cooperated in this? What are, are they aiding this prosecution? We've got to go after these Soros prosecutors who've been put into office all across the country and expose the dark money network that has gotten them into power. This is, you are right, Jesse, this is, the Democrats have crossed the Rubicon here and they bridge the, they burned the bridge behind them. They have. And now we've got to defend democracy. They have, and I'm sure there is coordination between the Justice Department and the DA's office. Thank you very much, Senator. Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, March 31st, 2023. So they did it. They indicted Donald Trump. They crossed the Rubicon. And I'll get into what I think the Rubicon is. And in typical Bolshevik fashion, the American haters, the communists, those that have been embedded in our government are now fully rearing their head against us. And they're going after Donald Trump because he represents us. And this is no different than what the Bolsheviks did. Lavrently Beria, he was Joseph Stalin's head of the secret police. And he had the famous saying, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. And the Bolsheviks went on a rampage against their enemies and filing charges against their political enemies. And quite frankly, Stalin didn't stop. For those he couldn't put away, he starved them. He killed them. But this is typical Bolshevik action. And these are Bolsheviks. These people hate this country. Bragg is backed by Soros, a man that hates our way of life. He's taking out the fact that he hates himself, and he's got to hate what he did during World War II. And I'll get into this later. He's a terrible man. Take a look at what I think was a 60 Minutes interview. He did terrible things as he collaborated with the Nazis. But this is what we have. We've, we've got these people peppered throughout the country, whether they're elected officials, whether they're bureaucrats, whether they're attorney generals, and they sense that they're failing. So they're taking dramatic efforts against Donald Trump. They know they can't beat him in a bona fide election. So they're going to try to kneecap him. And the best thing about this is that they're too dumb to realize that Trump is only going to get stronger and more popular because of this. MAGA is going to swell. And any African-American man that has felt that they've been done wrong by the system, you got to identify with Donald Trump right now. 
you got to support Donald Trump right now because you can identify with this. So if you feel that you've been done wrong by the system, you can identify with Donald Trump. Yeah, and don't you find it interesting? Trump's attorney doesn't find out about the indictment until he finds out through the media. And then later on today, it's leaked out that apparently there's like 34 counts that Trump's being charged with. So the media is getting this before Trump's attorneys get this. Oh, this is a fair system? This is a fair and just system? I don't think so. So let me talk about crossing the Rubicon. What crossing the Rubicon means is that we're at the point of no return in this country. We've criminalized politics, and this is quite chilling. It's never been done before. We've never had an American president that's been indicted for such petty stuff, for stuff that fantasy, for absolute fantasy. And the only thing they got going for them is the jury pool right now. It's in New York City, blue New York City, Trump haters. And even though I think that Bragg's case is so weak against Trump, his weakness can be overcome by the fact that that the jury is made up of Trump haters. And you know what Trump haters are like? They're not rational. They don't balance things out because it's Trump. We just hate. And that's the only thing they got going for them. Sure, they're going to get the most Trump-hating judge to preside over this. But Trump's got good attorneys. You know, what they can do, hopefully. I'm not sure where they get the jury pool from. But they better make sure that they're pulling some of the jury from Staten Island or certain parts of Brooklyn and Queens. So they've crossed the Rubicon. So what do we do? Unfortunately, we can't turn the cheek on this. We've got to hit back. Sorry, this is life. Our country's at stake. And Jesse Waters was saying that in my cold open. Well, we got to do something. We're not going to stand down on this. And I'm not talking about violence in the street. And my recommendation to anybody is to stay away from large protests because they're in- infiltrated with Antifa, Trump haters, and likely the FBI. So stay away from large crowds. If you want to go out and protest with three or four of your friends or people you know, go out and do that. But any coordinated large events, just stay away from. It's a setup. But let's get back to the Rubicon. We now have to start indicting their politicians. So if there's a Republican attorney general where there's a Democrat that's been elected from your district, my full expectation is you're going to go up and down his history and see if he broke the law. Let's take a look at Obama. Now, Obama's hiding out in Massachusetts or sure in a blue state, so it would be difficult to get a local Republican prosecutor. But at some point, Obama's on the table. I would say Bill Clinton's on the table. I don't even think he's worth it. He's just wrecked. He's a wrecked human being. Leave him alone. Let him die. But unfortunately, that's what has to be done. The world has changed for us. The world has changed for this country because of the actions of Bragg. And there's a grand jury being seated in Atlanta. They may come back with an indictment also, a bogus indictment. But this cannot not be responded to. And I'm not saying a knee-jerk reaction, but the mechanisms of going after these Democrats have to begin behind the scenes because we cannot take this sitting down. 
You know, I get a real kick. Every time I hear these NATO people, these Western representatives talking about the Ukraine war against Putin. And again, I'm not a Putin fan, but they talk about the rules-based international order versus authoritarianism. We're the rules-based society. Oh, really? You never see that they talk about the law-based society, just the rules, the rules that are made up by unelected bureaucrats, wealthy insiders. Those are the rules, and we have to abide by them. And they think we're stupid to believe this. A group of human beings, a small group of elite human beings can be just as authoritarian as a Putin or a Pol Pot, but in their Bolshevik way. No, we're going to have a small set of elite people. We're the authority. And that's why I laugh at this whole thing. And just remember what Justin Trudeau did to their truckers. That's what you can expect if we don't stop these communists, these anti-American communists. They hate everything this country stands for, and they want to wreck it. And they're using our own system. And here's the ironic thing. We're, they're using our own system to undermine us, and we can't tolerate it. So our elected officials have to push back. Do not accept your Republican elected officials to be wishy-washy on this. We want a strong response, follow the suit of Jim Jordan, and start planning for going after their big fish because they've crossed the Rubicon. We didn't do it. We're just responding. Don't protest. No large protests. But put pressure on your elected Republicans to respond accordingly. And any Republican in a think tank, any Republican in, a, in the bureaucracy, you're going to have to start formulating a response to this. That's what our expectation is. So as I said, this whole brag case is to make Donald Trump unelectable in their minds. And I think I said before, they're just too dumb to realize that Donald Trump is going to get stronger out of this. But there's two tactics they're going to take, and it all has to do with the campaign next year. So this trial is likely going to start sometime later this year. It'll go into next year, which is the campaign season. And they'll just try to throw a wrench into Donald Trump's campaign. Donald Trump loves to have rallies. They're going to try to set court dates to throw a wrench and to limit Trump's rallies. And the media is going to turn around anytime Donald Trump does something good. Nope, can't have that. Let's talk about the trial. And the Democrats are going to go out there to their minions and to their low-educated voters and say, see, indictment. Trump bad indictment. And that's all these people care. And good, you know, look, there's a good, solid 25-30% of the Democratic voter. All they want to know is that indictment, Trump bad, orange man bad. And these Democratic minions going to go out there to their voters and say, see, look, indictment. And But you ask these people, well, what did Trump do wrong? Oh, I don't care, but there's an indictment. And that's what they're going to play up. And that's going to be part of their get-out-the-vote campaign. Now, the other thing they're going to try to do is uh, there's going to be Democratic operatives, and I'm sure they're working on it right now. They're going to go to try to go into each of these key states and try to get Donald Trump kicked off the ballot. And don't be surprised if they actually go into the Republican primary and try to get Trump kicked off the ballot. So if they're smart, and I'm sure they're going to try to do this, They'll go to the Wisconsins, the Pennsylvanias, all the swing states, Arizona, Georgia, 
and they're going to try to say two things. One, Trump can't run because he's indicted. And if he happens to get convicted, whether it be a misdemeanor, if there are any misdemeanors, I haven't quite seen the, uh, the indictment, but they will try to get Trump kicked off the ballot and raise heck in the process. Now, I don't think they'll be successful in getting Trump kicked off the ballot, at least in the swing states. But you never know with these far left blue states, uh, New York, California, Massachusetts. They may have a radical judge just to, for political purposes. Say, yep, Trump is kicked off the Massachusetts ballot. Now, from an electoral standpoint, it means nothing because Trump was never expected to win Massachusetts. But just to p- make a political point, these uh, political hack judges may just do that in these blue states. But again, the blue states don't matter. It's the swing states. And again, I don't think that they will be successful. And what they're trying to do is discourage Trump supporters from voting, Republicans from voting. And this is what they're going to try to do. So just be prepared for that. This is all part of their game. And the more we know about their game, the more we can be prepared. And as I've always said, forewarned is forearmed. And I'm calling for Democrats to support Donald Trump because they'll be coming after you. And I say this, and, and I got to laugh about this. Hudson County, New Jersey, and I get that I worked there for a number of years, but it's a, a bastion of the Democratic Party. And it's corrupt. Now, not everyone is corrupt, but there's enough corrupt people in the organization to give it a terrible reputation. They cheated elections. They take bribes. And again, not everyone. There's some really good politicians down there, really good people. But as an organization, it's a corrupt organization. So guess what's happened in Hudson County, the longtime Democratic bastion? The radical left is running a slate of candidates against a county executive and six of nine county commissioner seats. And here's the interesting thing about Hudson County is that a good chunk of members of the HCDO and voters in Hudson County are much closer to MAGA than they are the radical left. Hence, this is why you see the radical left running a slate of candidates against the HCDO. So the joke's on you. You got to step up and say something about this because Donald Trump today, tomorrow it's you, old school Democrats. And these are old, the Hudson County Democratic Organization, they're old school Democrats. They're liberal, but they're not radical left. And they hate Washington. They hate the DNC. And I know from experience. They want to be left alone. They want to run their own operations. They don't like Washington meddling in the Hudson County Democratic Organization affairs. And it's probably ticked off the radical left in Washington today. And I looked at some of the biographies of some of these radical left candidates running against the Hudson County organization. They're all affiliated with NGOs. I I take that back. They're not all affiliated with NGOs, but as a group, that's their pedigree. And here's the interesting thing. Has the radical left been motivated to run in Hudson County because of Greg Guy? He's the county executive candidate for the Hudson County Democratic Organization. And let me just read an article about Apparently, it's a hit piece. It's from some far-left newspaper in New Jersey. And let me just read this because, you know, like I said, is that Hudson County, they're not far-left people. They're your classic liberals. And look, 
Are many of them corrupt? Yes. But their politics are not far left. So let me just read an article here from some far left newspaper. And apparently it's a hit piece on Greg Guy, the county exec candidate. So it's from New Jersey Today Net. And the headline says, Hudson County Democratic Political Establishment Backs a Fascist Ex-Cop. And the article is mostly about Greg Guy's wife, Donna. So let me just read this. It says, Donna M. Guy, 63, is listed, registered to vote in Monmouth County at 7 Winthrop Place in Hazlitt. And she is affiliated with the U.S. Constitution Party, a right-wing political movement that promotes an ultra-conservative religious interpretation of the United States Constitution. The party platform is based on originalist principles adherents believe are set forth in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Bible. These are the same ultra-conservative religious views that radical Supreme Court justices are using to transform America into a puritanical tyranny where abortion, birth control, and homosexual conducts are outlawed. Donna's husband is the Democratic political establishment candidate for the Hudson County Executive's office. Greg Guy. So again, and it makes my point that the Hudson County Dems are the old school Dems, and that can't be tolerated today by the radical left. And if any HCDO members are listening, it's Trump today. You're next. So we shall see. Now, while we're on the subject of the radical left going after traditional Democrats, I want to go to an article by the New York Post about an IRS agent visiting the home of Matt Taibbi while he was testifying at the weaponization of government hearing. Now, for those of you who don't know who Matt Taibbi is, he is a bona fide journalist, a traditional Democrat who dropped the Twitter files. And what the Twitter files uh, are, uh, are a series of emails that expose the FBI, certain government agencies working with Twitter to suppress American voices to the benefit of the Biden campaign. So anyway, let's read the article. Headline says, Biden White House silent on IRS visiting Twitter files reporter Matt Taibbi. The White House declined to comment Wednesday on an IRS agent's visit to journalist Matt Taibbi's home on the same day that he testified to a House subcommittee investigating the weaponization of government. The surprise March 9th Door knock came as the Twitter files collaborator described his reporting and how the government pressured social media platforms to censure online speech. The Post asked at the first White House press briefing since the news of the visit about whether the visit was part of a campaign to harass or intimidate Taibbi related to his journalism. White House spokesman John Kirby, coordinator for strategic communications at the National Security Council, declined to comment, declined to provide a substantive reply. So he just punted. He said, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to refer you to the IRS. Now, why can't he get this information? Oh, I don't, you know, you're going to have to talk to them. And it's the runaround. Wake up, Democrats. That's all I can say. They're coming after you. You do something against the radical left. They're coming after you. So don't think this is about Trump. Don't think this is about MAGA. This is all about them sustaining their power. And the more you stay silent on this, the more you give them more power, and eventually they're going to come for you. 
if they're not stopped. And they will be stopped because this is un-American. This is Bolshevik-like. And hopefully Taibbi writes an article on this. It should be interesting. So we shall see. Uh, There was so much to get to this week, and Trump's indictment took precedent over everything else. But one thing I wanted to talk about is the transgender shooting at a Christian school in Tennessee and how the press covered it. And I found it really interesting early on when the fact that the shooter, her last name was Hale, was identified as transgender. And these reporters did everything to avoid the transgender pronoun. And it really turned into awkward articles. And it was glaring how they refused to identify the person as transgender, keep everybody gray about it, or mislead people at the very worst. And again, did I say it really turned into awkward articles? But it was glaring. And CBS came out this week and said they weren't going to identify the word transgender as it relates to the shooter. And let me read this article from the New York Post. The headline says, CBS execs bar the word transgender from reports on Nashville shooter. This is not journalism. Top executives at CBS News have banned staffers from using the word transgender when reporting on the Nashville shooter, despite the fact that police have said Audrey Hale was just that and cited it as a key point in the case, the Post has learned. The shooter's gender identity has not been confirmed by CBS News. Oh, really? The network's executives insisted on Tuesday in a memo obtained by the Post. As such, we should avoid any mention of it as it has no known relevance to the crime. Should that change, we can and will revisit it. Well, it's time to change because she's transgender. The police have already said that. And this is why the media gets no respect. Because they're clearly coming out and showing their true colors. And this is what I like what's going on today. They're coming out and saying, yep, this is what we are. We love transgenderism. We don't like Christians. And I think Tucker Carlson had made a really insightful comment earlier this week about this. He said, this is a battle between Christians and something else. I forget the word that he used. The secular state, the deep state. But Christians believe that only God can make you a man or woman. Man does not have the capacity to do that. Simply by cutting a person's genitals off and pumping them up with hormones does not make them a woman when they were born a man and vice versa. And this shows the arrogance of the secular world. And what's even more damning to them is that they cannot tolerate religion because it is contrary to their thinking. In their arrogance, they are the God. Nietzsche Reference to concept Uberman. Man is now bigger than God. Nietzsche is the person that said, God is dead. It's a nihilist thinking. It's a nihilist philosophy. But these people in the deep state, these people that are globalists, they believe that God is dead. And every man is an Uberman that transcends God. And this is what we're fighting. And we're not fighting them. They're fighting us because we are not allowed to have these beliefs. And this is the whole problem. When I grew up, you know, I grew up in a liberal community and it was all about tolerating. You don't have to agree with somebody, but at least tolerate them. But the radical left can't accept that. We will not tolerate you. We will use all the mechanisms of the power that we have to go after you. 
including religions, in particular Christianity. And with that said, I want to go to a clip, and it's by Catherine Clark. She's a representative from Mass. And this was taken from the floor of Congress, and this is a day after the shooting. And in it, she attacks pastors and extreme right people. Again, remember this. This is a day after a Christian school was shot up. And essentially, she's saying, oh, you guys deserve it. You won't accept transgenderism. And this is what happened. So let's go to the clip, and then we'll discuss. As in honor of a community that is being forced to fight for its very existence, I rise in honor of trans voices that deserve to be heard, not silenced, and not criminalized. I rise in honor of trans joy that deserves to be celebrated, not eradicated. I rise with unconditional love for my trans daughter, Riley, and I rise in solidarity with every trans American seeking nothing less than their inalienable right to the pursuit of happiness. To stand in the way of that right is to stand against our most basic American values. But that's exactly what MAGA extremists are doing across this country, on school boards, in state capitals, here in the halls of Congress. Elected officials are using their power to undermine the freedoms and human dignity of trans Americans. And they're waging an especially vicious crusade on our kids. But I also know how determined the forces are that have pitted themselves against you. The politicians and preachers who would rather see you languish in a dark closet than watch you engage the world as you do, cultivating joy and love wherever you go. And what Clark is forgetting to tell you that her son or daughter Riley was arrested several months ago. And let me read this article. The headline says, and it's from the Daily Mail, House Democrat leader's daughter is arrested after spray painting all cops are bastards on monument and assaulting officer during Antifa protest in Boston. It says top Democrat Catherine Clark's daughter was arrested during an Antifa protest in Boston. Police allegedly witnessed Jared Riley McDowell or Jared Riley Dowell spray painting all cops are bastards and no cop city on a Parkman bandstand monument on the eastern side of the Boston Common on Saturday around 9.30 p.m. Clark, who is the House Minority Whip, addressed Dowell's contentious arrest, calling it a difficult time. Dowell is non-binary. So when Clark is talking about they have a right to pursue happiness, is this the happiness that Clark is talking about? So it's, she is just all so confused. So again, is this what she's fighting for? Is this her son or daughter's form of happiness? Is this what she's protecting? You know, I think many people have gone to drag shows or, but it's adult ent- entertainment. And I think what is sick is when we bring children to these drag shows. And not only are they drag shows, we've got these transvestites grinding children. And I think most people have also determined that mutilating a child's genitals because they feel that they're the opposite sex is wrong. Listen, we don't let 10-year-olds get married because they don't have the maturity to make a decision like that. You think a 10-year-old's going to have the maturity to make a decision to mutilate his genitals 
And why would the parents do that? And why would a school system push that? That's just wrong. But what Clark is doing, she's trying to play a political game where she's trying to link adult transvestites with the mutilation of children's genitals. And that's the game they're playing. And don't fall for it. Drag shows are for adults. Mutilation of children is not good. And don't link the two. And with that said, thank you so much for listening. You have a good week. I will talk to you next Saturday. And remember, we win. Remember that. We win. Thanks for listening.